Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick... Uh, in the one-minute break we had there, I, I have maybe calmed down a little bit, maybe not. Are you sure? Are you, are you positive? No, so, I'm not. I'm not, Nick. Okay, uh, okay. And here's why, Nick. Uh, here's my problem with the offense, just briefly, and I know people are probably maybe getting tired of hearing this, or maybe they're not. Maybe this is therapy for them. I don't know. Um, but I don't like some of the personnel decisions, and maybe that's something they can't fix right now because I think that, some of the issues are, are things that they're going to have to fix in the offseason. And let me let me explain to you why. I just don't think, Nick, that they have – and maybe they do, and maybe they're just not getting them the ball. I don't know if they have enough playmakers on this team. And what I mean by that is Cortland Sutton's been great. He's been a go-to guy. He's been Russell's man, and he was on that last play, right? He, he basically forced, forced him the ball there on that final play. But where is Jerry Judy? Where is KJ Hamler? And I don't know if the answer, where are the tight ends? I mean, the tight ends, Nick, we've, we've talked about this for several weeks now. They, there is, there are, there are no tight ends. Eric Saubert had a nice, had a couple nice catches, but again, that's not his game. Like they need a playmaker down the middle that they can trust. And they don't have that. And I just, I think that's a big part of the issue is everybody's like, well, you know, Russell did it in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Are any of these guys as good as DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? I mean, you could argue Cortland Sutton is probably in that category, but I don't think the Broncos have anybody else on their roster that's in that category. And then here's the other personnel problem. I don't think the offensive line is very good. And now that they lose Garrett Bowles, who I think was far and away their best offensive lineman at left tackle, I, I just – I do not know how, how they're going to get better. I mean, they, they need Quinn Miners to be back at right guard. Graham Glasgow has not been playing well. Uh, you've got Cam Fleming at right tackle. They really need Billy Turner. I guess it was a good sign. Billy Turner was active, but he didn't play. So we, we've still yet to see him. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Cushenberry is still just, I think, just sort of an average player right now at center. Dalton Reisner, I feel like, has not gotten a whole lot better since his his rookie season. So I just – I look at that offensive line, I feel like they need to revamp it, and then I think they need to go out and get a couple more playmakers at receiver or tight end or wherever because I just don't – again, 
there's 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 a lot of this that's on Hackett. There's a lot of this on Russell, and then I think there's a good chunk of it also on the the skill players and just the personnel on offense. Well, well, George, you you, you said uh, a lot there, so let me see if I can, uh, <laughs> I can address all of it. Uh, this first, I've got uh, a lot to say today, Nick. Yeah, yeah, of- yeah, yeah. You do. I've got uh, a lot of problems with you people. Yes. Uh, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, I, I would agree with you uh, on, on certain levels. That obviously, this offensive line is not the best offensive line in the league. And, and once again, when, you, when you're coming off of a loss, I mean, everything is kind of magnified. So I don't want to feel as though I'm dumping on them. So I will not do that. But what I will say is, you know, the, the right side of that offensive line, it has been a problem for a while. Uh, this, this is before Billy Turner even arrived here. Uh, finding uh, the proper right tackle is very difficult. A lot of teams struggle with that, and most of those guys never hit free agency. So you have to go out and draft and develop uh, that guy. But since, you know, we've had Graham Glasgow and um, it's been Cam Fleming over to that right-hand side, they have not played together well collectively. Let me start there. And then it was was an excellent sight last night seeing Billy Turner uh, dressed up. But, I mean – he wasn't going to play. That's like, you know, your dad buying you a Bugatti saying, hey, George, this is a birthday gift for you. But he tells you you never can drive it. Right. Yeah. What, what's what's the joy and luxury in that? And that's kind of what it's like having Billy Turner. You can see him. Right. He's dressed, but we don't know what he's going to look like in a Broncos uniform because he hasn't really played. Now, when we go back to Lloyd Cushenberry. Well, once again, you know, Lloyd is not one of the top centers in this league. I think he's going to round into form, but he still is a young player still learning the game. So I don't think his game is that awful. Just like any other player, there are things that he can improve on, but he's not exactly where he needs to be. I mean, I'm not saying that he is regressing, but we just need him to ramp up, you know, that just kind of the maturity part of who he is as a player. Dalton Reisner, there are certain parts of his game that you, you watch it and you're like, yeah. And then other parts, you're like, come on, Dalton, I need you to be better than that. And, and I, I say this because, you know, the system plays a major role in how players look from time to time, George. Just to be totally honest about that. It's the yep. system and it's the players themselves. And right now, that system, the system that's currently in, it's not gelling with these players because, you know, you have a lot of guys who are great firing off the ball. That's the great thing about being an offensive lineman. When you know it's a run play, you can fire off and hit the defender in the mouth. But when it's a pass play, now you have the mercy of the athleticism of the defensive player. So I would like to see these guys get outside the pocket. You know, move the pocket sometimes. It'll help Russell, but also it will force the defense to have to adjust and defend everything that you do. Because right now, George, when I watch this game, Here's what I see. The Broncos line up, no matter, you know, when we're talking about the skilled players or not, and I'll get to that in, in a moment, but the way they line up, they make it easy for the defense to diagnose what they're going to do. Oh, they're not going to move. They're not going to shift. Okay, well, I know exactly what I need to do and where I need to be. And no, we don't have enough playmakers right now. And I know you're looking at Greg Dulcich as possibly being the savior of the Broncos. That's not going to happen. And here, and the reason it's not going to happen, because guess what? We don't throw to our tight ends, George. Yep. Okay? It just really doesn't make a difference. Eric Salbert is not a bad tight end. Is, is he one of the elite tight ends in the league? No, he's not Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. No, but he can be an efficient player if used properly. And that is the problem. We have to understand that we don't have 
elite athletes across the board. We have some good ones, but we don't have a bunch of elite ones. So now you got to sit down at the drawing board, George, and figure out how to use each player's unique skill set to create space for them to give them an opportunity to make plays. That is the nuts and the bolts. This is why you're smashing that panic button on that thing you're hacking because we are not getting that. It seemed like they're trying to be a team that they're not when they don't have an identity. And to me, the identity is in your locker room. It is take the plays and the skill set of the players and put it on the field and run it for them. You can't run the same thing that you ran with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, what Kyle Shanahan is running in San Francisco, what Sean McVay is doing with the Rams. No, we don't have that personnel. The idea is get the guys that you have and then put routes out there, schemes, combination to benefit their skill set. That's what coaching is. And it's frustrating for me. See, this is supposed to be your rant, but here it is. Now I'm ranting. See what you did, George? I see what you did. So, so being a defensive guy, this is how I see the game. But I, for the love of me, I don't understand why they're not piecing the things together as though they're looking at the product of the skilled players they have in their locker room. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus See what you did, George. I don't, I wasn't going to do that this morning. See, I'm going to blame you for this one. That sounded like a panic button being hit there. Uh, but from, from Mr. Ferguson, ah, come on, George. <laughs> um, I think you've got a lot of valid points, Nick, right? You look, here's a great example. What have the Eagles done with, with Jalen hurts? They have tailored their offense yes, and their whole scheme and what they're doing to what he can do. Because I can tell you, Nick, I covered Jalen at Oklahoma, and I love him. I think he's one of the hardest workers in the NFL. But he's not uh, an, an elite quarterback in terms of his arm talent and some of the things that some of these top quarterbacks can do. Now, he can do a lot of things out of the pocket and run the ball and, and, and certain things. But what they've done in Philadelphia is what the Broncos need to – honestly, a lot of teams probably need to do they've taken their personnel they've won they've improved it right they got out good they went out and got good playmakers like aj brown but they ever since they got Jalen, they have tailored their personnel and what they're doing schematically to what they can do offensively with their players so that's what the broncos need to do i think you're you're right on like we can sit here and and i can complain about the personnel and this and that and, and what players can and cannot do but the great coaches in this league adjust their play their play calling and what they're doing offensively and defensively 
to what their players can do. And those are the best teams in the NFL right now. So I think you're on to something there, Nick. I think that that, that is something that needs to be fixed. Um, Nick, let's dive into – we've, we've talked enough about the offense, I think. But let's dive into just the, the hardships of playing on Thursday night football. Um, obviously, the injuries piled up for both teams last night. You saw multiple guys go out of the game. Uh, I think that you've also seen across the league – just bad football being played on Thursday nights. And it's because they have such little time to prepare. I mean, you think about it, the Broncos, I mean, they practice this week. If you count a walkthrough as a practice, but take me into just the difficulties of playing on Thursday night football. And, And I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying that, you know, after last night, they should just stop playing Thursday night football because it's just a bad product most of the time. Well, I know uh, most people are blaming uh, Amazon Prime for bad football on Thursday night. You can't you can't blame them for the product on the field. They're right. just handling the production part of it. Uh, the playing part is up to the NFL, the players, and the coaches to make sure that they're ready to go. And th- there are pros and cons to everything. Uh, the pro is you get that long layoff, almost like a second bye week after you play on Thursday night football. Now, the problem with the situation, there are more cons than there are pros. And from a coaching aspect, you don't have enough time to put in a game plan. So whatever game plan you had in the previous week, most likely you're going to run that game plan. Now, you have an opportunity to tweak a couple of things here and there, and you walk through them in practice. But uh, walking through them in practice is a whole lot different than running through them in practice so you can see them in real time because, you know, I'll, I'll say this as a player when, when, and this is one of my problems with the Broncos uh, offense, when guys are standing still and not moving, I mean, it is easy to process and diagnose information, but once those guys start moving and moving around and now you're forced to talk and they're running full speed, it, it changes uh, so much for, for a team. And a lot of these teams, you know, not just the Broncos, but you play on Sunday. You, you were just beat up like three days ago. Just think about the Tua Tagovailoa situation. He played the Bills on Sunday, like last week, and then he played the Bengals like four days later. He gets pushed on the ground, same position. He bangs his head, concussion protocol, right? So these are the things that you have to worry. And remember, Russell threw that interception, and he tried to jump in the way the defender of Zaire Franklin, and he ended up into, in, a, in a tent. So even after that, I was wondering, okay, well, how was Russell doing mentally after that? I'm not saying it was the same situation as Tua, but it definitely made me think, well, was he was he dinged a little? I, I don't I don't know that. But these are the things that Thursday night football actually presents. And I want to see how the league is going to handle them moving forward, whether we're going to continue to have Thursday night football. Because listen, I love football, but could I do without Thursday night football? Yeah, I, I'll survive. We get we get college football on Saturday. And then we get football on Sunday and Monday. So this may this may have opened up uh, a bigger conversation, not the conversation just about how bad Thursday night football is, but just the health and well-being of the players, George. Well, here's the problem, Nick, with that. And this is probably a larger discussion that we can discuss another day. But Amazon paid $13 billion for the next 11 years for Thursday night football. So I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And like you said, I love football. It's great that I get to watch it on Thursday nights, but when you have this many injuries piling up every single, every single week on these Thursdays, it's, and, and 
and they're severe injuries. I mean, Garrett Bowles, a, a broken leg, and I get it. That's part of football. Those things that could have happened on any, any given Sunday, right? But like the concussions, I mean, you saw the Colts running back go out. You know, I think it was like yeah, Naheem Hines. Yeah, yeah. The, fir- the first couple plays. Then you've got Russell Wilson in the tent, and you had the Tua stuff last week. It's like, is it worth it to put these guys out there? You know, three, four days after just playing another game, and I don't think it is. So, and again, I'm not blaming the Broncos' loss on that. They have to be better, right? We've been over that, yeah. uh, but I do think there is some aspect to this that you could walk away and say, well. They didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare. They had a whole bunch of injuries that they were already trying to overcome. Then they have to overcome a lot more from the start of the game. Like you said, Ronald Darby, Josie Jewell, Baron Browning goes out at the end of the game, uh, right? Garrett Bowles goes down. I, I think that there's definitely an argument to be made that Thursday night football should be kind of questioned. The problem is I don't think it's going anywhere for a long time if someone's paying $13 billion. Because if we know one thing about the NFL, they like their money. Uh, and and that might be their top priority, even if they say it, the the safety of the players is. I I don't know if I buy that. No, no, I, listen, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I don't like to eat asparagus, right? I don't like a lot of things that are are green unless it's money. And neither do but, I. But but if someone was paying me thirteen billion dollars to to eat uh, asparagus for the remaining of uh, my life, guess what? I'm eating damn yeah. asparagus. Yeah, I tell you that much. So. Exactly. That's that's a good point. Um, I do think football is better than asparagus, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it is. It, yes, yes, it is. I, yeah, I can attest to that. It's like eating. They're like, you can only eat pepperoni pizza for the rest of your life. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, all right, Nick, let's take a quick break and then let's dive into some of the good stuff. Uh, the defense. Um, and, and we'll also get into your your segment. Oh, really moments. And there's a lot of them for the Broncos. So let's take a quick break. Then we'll dive into that stuff. 